Uh, welcome back to 12 Ounces of Sobriety Podcast. I'm Pat Sharp here with my co-host Carson Waddell. Carson, how are you today? Hey, I'm your co-host. You uh, struggled with that a little bit. I'm just kidding. Uh, doing well, man. It's you and I were just talking. It's We haven't been in studio, just you and I, in a little while. So it's good to finish out the year like this. Yeah, things have been hectic. Holiday season, work, uh, other commitments going on. But and we had some great interviews. We did, yeah. So we did, this is our 27th episode in 2023. Okay. So hopefully we'll improve so we, on we that hit next by, year. Yeah, we hit basically an average our of schedule every two weeks, is just not almost great. on the dot. Yeah, we're just kind of up and No, up it's and not. We're, yeah, we're going to game plan and figure out this coming year because uh, it's only going to get worse for schedules, but we're going to keep fighting. We're not going to let this fall under uh, down on the list. Of priorities it, absolutely before we get to anything uh, please go give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to um, check us out on social media instagram or twitter at 12 ounces of sobriety podcast and as always you can email us at 12 ounces sobriety pod at gmail.com uh, real quick first thing i want to get into kind of alcohol in the news but not really if you go back i don't know three three months, months ago probably six, seven, eight episodes, we did a review of a body cam video of this teacher getting arrested, being drunk at school. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yes. The state. And uh, three, four weeks ago, I got an update on that one. The teacher who was arrested in school drinking, she had her court date. And she was arrested again because she showed up to her court dr date drunk. <sighs> Pat sent this to me and it slipped through the cracks. So he thought that he I'd seen this a month ago and he brought it up and I said, what video are you talking about? And he told me, and I'm like, holy yeah. shit. There's another body cam video oh. of this lady drunk again in public again, uh, this time in court. Uh, she had, the video goes, she's in the hallway, like walked out of court and the officer bail comes up to her and is like, ma'am, have you been drinking? Hmm. And then she tries getting out of it and, uh, of course, it doesn't work, and she's arrested. They just take her upstairs and start booking her in. It's like a. It's like, like a I don't think they cuffed her because they were there. Yeah, you're you're already here. Um, that's alcoholism at its finest. You know it, it. Because when we were talking, yes, if you could give a perfect example of what alcoholism it, is, it is that because. It, all logic's out the window. You know, we, we talked about this and we were saying, hey, you know, she handled that wrong from the standpoint of she had her opportunity to take her medicine, get picked up and go home that day. And instead, she got arrested. So then she shows up, has time to think about it, you know, months to think about this and does the same damn thing and, and now has made it even well, worse. So she's taken this and made it so much worse for herself. I, I think we're we're far enough removed from our alcoholic brains of when we were in active addiction you know you think you know everything you think you can control every situation manipulate your way out of everything which she tried to do at school yes didn't work whatsoever not even close and we had said at that time if she uses this as a learning experience and gets the help it looks like she desperately needs then she she'll look back on this and be be happy that happened. Yeah. Easier for us to say that though. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem she got that help mm -hmm. and just doubled down on it and continued drinking and used that probably her arrest and then did the whoa it's me. Yep. And 
didn't deal with anything and drank through it and then um then arrested again at court so i hopefully she's getting help who knows at this point yeah and the thing and i can speak from personal experience and i know that this is a common thing that we all alcoholics or people that struggle with addiction have and it's all right you get caught most of the time not always but most of the time it's all right i messed up i got caught i've got to be better at drinking and hiding it or you know i have to be better at my craft if you will i hate using that term but i don't have anything better but it's like hey i need to be better but it's not be better in general and learn from this it most of the time is what she did it's i I I gotta get sneakier yes and no i agree with that but there's always like a point you hit where it's like like your bottom and i don't know the first time just to be specific but even that first time you would think it would have been her bottom because I mean, 50 million people watched that video online of her getting arrested. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Everybody's different. I Everyone's different. Every, some people have 18 bottoms and some yes. people it only takes one. For me, it was like five. Yeah. And obviously, I struggled at getting sober. It took me a while. And, you know, I was unsuccessful a few times. And, and so I don't I know I shouldn't judge her. But again, Sometimes when we get further away from it, like we forget how our brain. Yeah, I, c- I completely agree. We how I, I was three, four years. I feel ago. like a more of a normal person yes. for once. That's kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, it's we have to. You and I have to be diligent in in balancing our approach to something like this because we we've been on both sides. We feel that other side, which you know, people that might not struggle with addiction could be quicker to either judge or or you know have some type type of explanation of what it, they feel is rational. Yeah, and anybody's listening and then there's the alcoholic. Yeah, anybody's listening that's not an alcoholic and and you hear a story like that, but that's what you know It's a prime example like we said drugs will do to you. That's it. Make you do things that just seem so stupid. But you know, I'm sure she went to court thinking nobody would notice. Yeah, I, I'll be sneakier this time. I'll probably do uh, mouthwash, breath, whatever it is, right? That's gonna that's gonna cover it up. She's like, I'm gonna double down on that as well. No chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna slide through this. I'm gonna you know maybe work up some tears and I'm gonna be feeling good. And then that just it was not the case. So she ah, she's in some some deep waters deep water at this yeah this anybody want to look more into that just google oklahoma teacher arrested for drinking at school and her name comes up <laughs> so and then specific, you can, but yeah yeah <laughs> and then you can find more about her and uh so i just found that um fascinating also one thing i want to get into quick since we're just past uh christmas time and holidays is you know, I was listening. A couple of things had popped in my head this Christmas season. One, I was listening to a podcast, and they were doing talking about the worst parts of the holiday season. And one of them brought up the office secret Santa gift exchange. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I mean, all it is is just people passing around bottles it, of booze. 100,000%. That's uh, all we used to do. Yeah. And then I was thinking, okay, so... There's that. I I work remotely for a company out of California, and they sent me a bottle of wine for Christmas. Mm. They send everybody a bottle of wine. It's like, okay, at some point, I I just don't think people think about it, about that's kind of an inappropriate gift. Yeah. You know, and I watched, so I got that, and then my uh, landlord in my office, she had, 
sent me a text or left me a voicemail one day uh, last week, and, and I was under the weather, and said, "Hey, um, wanted to get you a bottle of wine or a bottle of champagne for Christmas. Just say thank you. Uh, just call me and let me know what you prefer." And I wasn't feeling well, so I sent her an email and I said, "Hey, just let you know I don't drink. Um, been sober for a little while now." So uh, don't worry about it. And I was like, and I honestly, you don't need to get me anything. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, did she, she reply? Uh, she did. She's like, I'm sorry, you're not feeling well. I hope you start feeling <laughs> she better. She didn't know what to say about the drink and, and then stuff. she, then I got a uh, a gift card instead. Okay. Uh, so anyways, my point is, is how. Gift card to Total Wine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The gift ABC card to store. store. Just, all right, whatever, Pat, just get what you want. <laughs> to Starbucks. <laughs> Um, anywho, the, the point of, and I was like, golly, that's a big thing is of gift giving is just giving people bottles of alcohol. And I think it's a slippery slope in the workplace because sometimes you may not know who has a problem and who doesn't. Yes. And, and you know, and I, I watched the movie office Christmas party, which obviously isn't. That's a, a is that a new movie? Yeah, it was 2016. Jason Bateman, okay, T.J. Miller. There's so many of them. Jennifer okay. Aniston. It's a good cast. Okay, it's a it, it's pretty funny. And anyways, and that's an extreme example. But it goes into you know the office holiday party and drinking, and yeah. you know we've heard stories, and there was one of these stories on this podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about this corporation that they worked for, and. These two guys at a office Christmas party had sex with one female, and they had all worked together, and she got pregnant. And mm. obviously, that's a sticky situation, oh, yeah. and they all had to quit or resign or fired or something. I forget what, but it's like, you know, that was alcohol-fueled, and we talked about this before the holidays on one of the articles about you know, rethinking your office Christmas parties and alcohol, your relationship with alcohol within your company. And I just don't think that's something that's talked about as much. And yeah. you, you see these presents given out and it's always booze. And it's like, well, you know, it, it, or in my situation with my landlord, luckily I'm not a shy person. But if somebody was shy and like, I don't want to tell them I don't drink or something like that. And then all of a sudden they have a bottle of alcohol sitting there. Right. You know, it, I just... I, I just don't think it's an appropriate gift to give anymore. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I even think about this wasn't like a standard because in my job, we work with a lot of companies, a lot of vendors, and mm-hmm. they, they all sent us stuff. And actually, none of them was alcohol, ironically. And it I don't think that that was that – none of them know anything. So that was just maybe irony or they just chose not to. It doesn't really matter. But it was like chocolates and stuff like that. And it was, it was, it was nice. Um, but I think about – Earlier this year, uh, I worked with a specific. Uh, there was a partner of mine um, that I did. We, we we worked together, did a lot of business together for a couple of years. He retired, so this was something completely separate. But he reached out to my business partner and said, "Hey, I want to get something, Carson. Thank him for all his help. It was incredibly kind. He did not have to do that." And he said he didn't ask what I want. He said, "What is Carson's favorite liquor?" Um, and it, it there's not really more to that story. But um, when he asked me what my business partner asked me what to say back, I said, "Honestly, dude, like." You can do whatever you want. Um, just tell him something that you like, and I'll give it to you. If that's what you I, – I don't care. And he said, never mind. I'll handle it. And basically, he told him that I like grilling and cooking and stuff like that. And so he sent me you know, stuff. So, I mean, it was completely fine. But um, just you know, the, the advisor, no, no, no fault to this person, but no clue. 
It was just, it's natural. It's not, which, what, it's going to be liquor. What kind of liquor? That's the only thing I want to know. It, okay. Yeah. And, and you know what? And that's as a society, we've gotten to that. And, you know, now I think one of the points of our podcast was, you know, initially uh, talking about newcomers and, you know, being early on in sobriety and we still do some of that, but we've evolved a little bit. And, you know, now I think a little bit of it's just trying to change that perception of alcohol. It's a take a long, I mean, it's, it's going to take a long time, Yeah, but it's, it's going to hopefully change slowly, but surely. Yeah. But I, I think people, you know, the more people have conversations about it and, um, you know, an adulthood doesn't need to be booze fueled to be productive or fun or any of the above. So, well, definitely not for production. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know what I mean? I know I I do. I know what you mean. The the fun thing is definitely something that will take more time, but for production, I think it's pretty simple. And, you know, we haven't got into this yet. and, And we're about to is, you know, three, four weeks ago, Carson hit one year of sobriety. So congrats on that. What was your official one year date? December 8th. Okay. So we're, three weeks past and we wanted to get an episode out then then we had the interview with charles uh which was awesome yeah we Fantastic. wanted to, we wanted yeah. to get that in it was like two months overdue and you and i definitely tried and we ran out of time yeah so um, to try and get another one in but it's fine. yeah so what i wanted to do here since this is the last show of 2023 um a year in review but a year in review from carson's perspective of being a year sober and and where you are and how everything has been going yeah well i appreciate you bringing that up pat um it i tell you what and it's been such a phenomenal year and that doesn't mean it's been easy but it has been when it when i look back on on everything um it's been go ahead yeah i i do want to just say one thing because you're like oh it's been fantastic and what a year so when we first started this in when we were doing early on um, our recording and last fall or not this past fall, the fall before that. And Carson would come by and we would record and he would leave. And I, you know, my office, I'd be like, that kind of smells like booze in here. Has Carson been drinking? And, you know, you didn't have, you were still kind of puffy and, yeah, you know, and, and then of course you told me that you had relapsed, and I was like, well, and you had been drinking for a few months or whatever it was, right. and you know, now looking over this past year, I've actually because I didn't see it much of a difference of you then. I've seen the difference of you growing this year as a person. I mean, you look healthier, you know what I'm saying, and um, I've noticed a big difference. Yeah, That's all no, I was gonna say no. Well, thank you for saying that, and and that. And it's good to hear that um, from your perspective because I certainly feel it um, in the fact that aside from, yes, looking healthier, which there's no doubt, um, I think just overall my my inner sense of being is just better. I don't even know how to put it. Um, just so much more energized, so much more in tune and present, uh, as, you know, whether it's us, me and you recording, we have a freaking blast every time. Um, you know, it was certainly a struggle. It felt more like a chore. Um, and I also felt incredibly guilty uh, after I had relapsed and I'm sitting here like trying to, trying to quote unquote fix it. 
before it's too late. And, and that, I mean, it was just the worst feeling of well, all time. And I know like when I relapse, like then you have like real doubt in your mind. Like, am I ever going to be able to do this? Absolutely. And it's tough when you got to think you're like, you know, I thought I was trying pretty hard and I couldn't do it. How am I, and I can't live like this. So how am I going to be able to, and it, it's like some soul searching and, um, it makes you question yourself a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't intend on it, but it w- I was trying to solve a big problem with somewhat of a quick fix, and I just thought that it would be okay. And, and I know that you and I have talked about this pre, during, and post my my relapse in terms of how you have to fully reapproach your life. Um, and that's why I say it's it's not easy, but it's not quite as hard as it may sound. It it, it does take work, but there's a lot of beauty in that work. And you learn to actually appreciate the work itself. I think that's one big thing for me and, and the mindset that I've very, very strongly tried to adapt and, and to maintain is enjoying all of these things and not looking at it as something that I have to do, but something that I enjoy and want to do in order to provide for myself and my well-being, my families, my friends, and everything else that I'm involved in. So, you know, in retrospect, I look over this this past year and you and I have had a blast. We've had some phenomenal interviews. We've enjoyed it. We've talked to a lot of people and, and made a lot of progression um, with this podcast. And then, you know, in terms of work, and I'm not going to get into all these checkbox and, and anything like that, but I just look back on my year and what I've been able to accomplish. And it's incredible to me because not only, yes, it, it feels great to be able to to hit milestones and, and accomplish this, whatever that is. But to understand and know that it was there all the, like all along. And I was holding myself back. It's, it was pretty, it's pretty powerful when you really think about that. It's, I had this potential. I had all this in me for so many years and I never even got close to realizing it. If anything, I got worse and worse as my drinking got worse. Yeah, and I agree with that because I've thought about that a lot too. However, especially like, you know, this morning at, you know, 8 a.m., I went to a uh, meeting for board of directors I'm on with this uh, sober house, and that's been going well. And, you know, on Christmas Day, I went and to the um, homeless men's shelter here in town, and we served them a traditional Christmas dinner with some people from church, like all the little things like that. I'm like, you know, I could have done that all my entire adult life and provided for others. But, you know, unfortunately I was stuck in a endless cycle of drinking now. And I used to look back and I've moved a bunch and done a bunch of things. And and there for a little while I was kind of like, you know, what if this had happened or what if that had happened? And I don't play that game anymore. And, and what I I've taken away from it is, Instead of looking back on those things as negative or saying, you know, what could have been had I not drank all those years, you know, I, I look back at it as an experience and it's taught me to who I am now and to appreciate the things I appreciate now. And I, I've had a lot of very good experiences in life. Um, and so I, I wouldn't change that. And, and that's why I don't really dwell on things anymore. Um, yeah. And because you can't. And, and yeah, because we can't change the past, so why even not, you know, be negative about it? Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, but you know, and and we've talked about this a few times, but using and th- 
this goes outside of the scope of alcoholism, but for addiction you know, specifically, it is a superpower to be able to take, as you put it, an experience and all of the shitty and terrible things that you've been through, whether you did it to yourself or not, and use that as fuel and use that as something to cling on to that promotes a, a much better clarity, understanding, um, even killedness to a certain extent. I'm not saying numb, but I'm saying being able to approach life with all of the chaos that it provides us so generously on a daily basis to be able to use that to help yourself to stay grounded, but also to help others. Mm -hmm. And which is exactly why we do this. And so to your point, no, we wouldn't take it back. I, it it would be easy to say, yes, I I wish I hadn't done this because maybe I would be X, Y, and Z, but that's just not the case. So I, in in an effort to not rant on this, um, I, I definitely think that that is something that's helped me throughout this past year and will hopefully continue uh, to provide, um, like I said, that that clarity, that wisdom, um, and and the the temperance um, going forward to uh, to be an asset to other people and and definitely to myself and have that inner peace that I so longed for for so many fucking years. Yes, and I did not have it. It was it's brutal. Um, and and I want to say one thing real quick as I you know I mentioned accomplishments. I did want to say that for me, that was a nice thing to look back on, like I said, in retrospect. However, I do not in any way think that that is necessary to deem this past year a success or to deem my sobriety as worth it. Does that make sense? Yes. Because those things did happen. But take all that else out that piece. And if that's all that you get from this, I 100% guarantee, I'm not going to say, I think so. I guarantee you as a human being, despite everything else, that is worth cutting whatever your drug of choice, whether it be alcohol or something else out of your life and approaching, approaching it in a completely different way. I, I, I know the answer to this and I'll, give my answer first is, you know, is my life significantly better now than it was when I was drinking? Yes. And Carson, is your life significantly better now than it was when you were drinking? Yes, it is. You know, and it's not even close. Like it's not even close, you know, like trying to even think back and remember who I was before. Um, and my motivation through life was, drinking and making enough money to kind of survive and, and drink more. And that was it. You know, there was nothing else fueling my life. And no, that's a sorry existence. I'm here to tell you. And, and anybody out there that's listening, that is still trapped in that existence, know that there's so much more out there. Um, but until you're able to, get a handle on things and put down the, um, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or uh, gambling or, or whatever your addiction might be uh, until you're, you're ready to truly work on it and um, you won't see those benefits, but they're out there. Uh, it takes hard work, of course, but 
you know, anybody that's struggling with addiction, I just want them to to see that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I I do my best. I'm doing my best right now to think about my time in heavy addiction. Even in my early 20s when I would drink maybe 3 times a week, the amount that it would be it's it play that that played a very large role in my well-being still even before it got to all day every day but specifically for the 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 bad the the worst of the times um every single morning it was a i would w- wake up in in an already established state of anxiety depression and oftentimes bitterness mm-hmm. I was so angry about everything. And also I was creating this, um, this blank canvas each and every day to just add more things to the list, to just to increase that bitterness, increase that rage, um, to everything. The political warfare that goes on in our country. I didn't think I liked my wife. I've always loved my wife. I didn't think I liked her and I damn well know she didn't like me during that time. Um, the way people would look at me or at least the way that I perceived them to my job. I freaking love what I do now. I'm doing the same thing as I was doing then. And I won't go, I won't continue, but the list could go on and on. We'd be here for an hour, but all of that. And it all comes back to the mindset and to my inner self. That's the thing about it is none of these, nothing else changed. And I'm not saying that there are, there aren't many, so many other uh, variables and factors that can play into, right? There are other things outside of this that certainly do um, play a role in our well-being. Um, but at this, but for this specifically is nothing for me has changed yet over this past year. And yet I'm so much happier. So that boils down to one thing, one thing. And it was what I was doing to myself. That's it. And that was in my control. Oh, hallelujah. Something in my control that I can fix. That's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because Jesus, like, well, how many uncontrollables are there? Most things are infinite. uncontrollable. Yeah. And I always talk about that. Like, why why worry about something that you have no control over? Um, you know, I don't. And why And why don't you? Except for maybe sports. Uh, uh, right. But other than that. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, and that's something I've learned in sobriety. And that's a gift to yourself because yes. you... Didn't used to be like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you're you know now at one year and three weeks into it, and we continue to look down the road and and bright things are on the horizon, and I only feel like things are going to get better. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And the last I'll say is one thing that was really cool that I was going to bring up. And Pat knows this all too well for anybody who hasn't been in a treatment program. Uh, and not all of them necessarily have it, but in our specifically, we would have people probably once a month, maybe come into one of our classes who had graduated the program and they would speak to us. And I, I probably, cause I did it twice. I did the program twice. I probably heard, I don't know, somewhere in the ballpark of 30 to 40 people come in and share their stories what life is like now their struggles their fears 
their successes, blah, blah, blah. And I, I remember just sitting in those chairs time and time and time again, listening and going, man, I just, one day I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be the person in that chair. And it finally was me uh, a couple weeks ago. I was able to go and, and speak to a group that was in that same, the same chairs that I sat in for a cumulative six months with another friend of mine who, um, who was in the program with me that my, in my second stint, um, it was a bittersweet moment. I tried my best. I ho- hopefully I resonated with some people. I'm sure it was a mix, but my point here is it, it was, did you tell them to listen to your podcast? I did not tell them to listen to my podcast. Come on, Carson. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't plug it. All right. Okay. Our, our cards are at the front desk though. So, and next time I will, but I, it, it was, it was hard because look, looking at some of their faces and I almost felt like I got to identify who was who there was a the people that there were the people that absolutely did not want to be there and they were forced to be, you can kind of see. And there were some that were really, really, really down. And then there were some that were like, fuck it. I'm going to get better. Let's get, and I'm not well, saying any of them are right or wrong, but I'm saying we, it was tough to see that. We knew people, but it was treatment. good to be there. We knew people in treatment that didn't want to be there. And yeah, Till they did, until know? they did, and that's and so I'm true. I'm glad you that, said that. And I'm not saying that everybody that doesn't want to be there that at some point they're going to turn it around. But I've seen it where people are like, "I don't want to be here. I don't need to be here, or who cares, or stuff like that." And at some point, a light will turn, you know, turns on for them. And, and I do think that where we went to treatment at, I give them some credit of getting some of that across too, of course, but. Yeah. You know, because I've heard people say, you know, they're not going to quit until some like you really have to want it. But sometimes the kick in the ass when they don't want it can help their mind change to something they want. And, and, you know, like I was saying, I know people were in treatment, kicking and screaming, didn't want anything to do with it. You know, and, and it took a little bit, but slowly but surely things started to change. You know, and I've also heard that where... I've talked to people in meetings and different things like that where, you know, they quit drinking because they had a DUI case or something like that. And they were only and they're going to meetings to, you know, help out their case and give the judge and then realize that, oh, I actually do have a problem and then just stayed with it. Yeah. So it comes there's it comes in literally every shape and size and, yeah. and approach that we can fathom. Um, first of all, don't call me Shirley. Second of all, um, the relationships is another thing that people, a lot of people start to gravitate or attach to, um, to either survive something like that or to become genuinely interested and, 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 and really buying in. When you experience something like that, getting as vulnerable as we get in those rooms and sharing to a very large extent uh, a, a, a common trauma or a common struggle, um, it does a lot. It does a lot. And I think that is the most beautiful thing um, that comes with being in something like that. And whether it's a treatment program or it's just a, a group or uh, whatever you want to make it. 
gravitating towards people and, and spending time with people that understand and that are also working towards a, tom- a common goal. That is, it, like I said, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And so I also noticed that as the, the friendships and the relationships that are developed within that environment. I know for me, it was huge. And I know for a lot of people, it's huge. And you, you start to see lights flick on. It doesn't always happen, but more times than not, you see it flick on and they, and, and, and people either they'll say it out loud or, you know, they're thinking it's all right, let's do this. Yeah. And, and even if you don't want to go to treatment or even if you're sober now and, and you're searching for that, go find a home group, go find meetings, um, find a home group you fit in with and big or small or however you like it. Um, that stuff like that will change your life. And and honestly, a good starting point, the beauty of 2023, almost 2024, and having access to the enormous technological world that we have access to, the videos, the apps, the threads, everything. There are so many people sharing their stories. A lot of them are big names, but find something. If you want to dip your toe a little bit and, you know, here, here get, get some knowledge or just listen and and try to understand a little bit more. You can find that. And I think that that can also help at least it's a great starting point um, to, to listen to people that share their experiences online and give you the unadulterated version of where they were, where they are now and where they want to go. There are so many people out there. And uh, I think that that's also a really cool thing. If again, a group or a treatment center or something of that nature isn't um, it doesn't, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yes. Start, start somewhere. Right. And then, and then see where it goes. Yeah. You can find a sober ally. Yeah. Like one person or yeah, there's all kinds of things. You, you, can, you can do anything. You can do anything you want, whatever you're most comfortable with and just take it from there. Just little steps at a time. Um, and, and I know the big hope for me and Pat is we want as many possible people that are struggling to be able um, to live a better life because um, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth and, and our experience. And, and I'll, I'll reiterate one more time. You know, when I talk about my past year, it, it was the, it was one of the greatest things I've ever chosen to do. But I will say again, it, it, I'm not sugarcoating this and saying that it's easy. I'm saying that it is difficult. However, it is the, it is a difficult thing that is so worth it it makes you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and I also do want to say that too. Like, you know, Carson's been sober for over a year now. I'm will be at two years here in a couple months. Um, by no means does that mean we're cured of alcoholism. You know, it's something we continue to have to work on ourselves and, you know, work our programs and do things, you know, like this podcast and talking about it because I know if we start slacking off on that, that's when those thoughts can come creeping back in. And before you know it, um, we have a drink in our hands. So, and yeah. I don't want that. I when, know that. When, when you stop reading, you, you, you're you not quite as sharp. When you stop going to the gym, you start going lower in weight. It's the same freaking thing. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta stay sharp. You got to stay in it. You have to stay determined and stay committed to it. And that's how you're going to succeed. Yeah. So um, with that, I want to wish everybody a happy New Year's. We will next hear or listen. We'll next talk to you guys in 2024. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at 12 Ounces of Sobriety Podcast or email us at 12 Ounces Sobriety Pod at gmail.com. I think 
Carson's been checking that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody.